You're listening to The Abby Khan Show, a podcast that inspires people to achieve what they once believed was impossible. My name's Abby Khan. I'm an actor, health and fitness coach, and it is my mission to connect with interesting people, share their stories, find out how they optimize their lives for success, and how you can do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of The Abby Khan Show. Today I have got a very special guest, he's a good friend of mine, he is an artist, a creative in all respects of the world, Mr. Nick Sanham. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're chilling out in my living room right now, just uh, kicking it with some high quality H2O. Um, Nick, just tell me a little bit about, you. don't tell me I know about you, but tell the audience a little bit about you, just who you are, what you sort of do in this life. In this lovely life of uh, mine. Uh, I'm Nick Senham. Um I'm 20... Fuck. 25, 20 I think. fuck years old. I don't know, man. Um, I'm a father. I'm a husband. A business owner. Um, not yet not yet millionaire or billionaire, but getting on there. Getting getting in the way there. The next couple of weeks, it'll next happen. Couple, next, I think it's like next schedule next week to uh, <laughs> actually hit my account from like, you know... 50 bucks to one one billion dollars um and just a lover of people in life you certainly are mate and what i wanted to touch on in this particular show was how that sort of came about your your love for humanity as a as a whole but you had a pretty a pretty rough i guess childhood let's say and that's something i wanted to touch on so Tell me a little bit about your relationship, specifically with your father when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, this is definitely the um, driving point in my life, the story that I will tell f- uh, my future generations and just people that hopefully it inspires them and kind of can resonate to them, uh, especially with uh, a situation with your parents, especially my father. Um, I had a bit of a... I wouldn't say a rough upbringing in a sense of like there was drugs and alcohol involved or I was in a bad kind of neighborhood or anything like that. I just came from a very physical and verbal abusive relationship with my father. Uh, my my mum and dad split when I was two and uh, as much as I can remember, we they battled in court for many years, even when I was up to about seven uh, for custody and for all this type of shit, and uh, and um, I guess from far back as I remember, even when I was six, uh, my my dad my dad was quite aggressive, and um, in the form of like he would get frustrated quite easily when it come came to say, for instance, for example, like homework or anything I did, kind of like education wise or anything like that he would uh he would actually um take it out of me or you know anyway so for example when i was six i remember we were in greece one time and uh i remember we're in greece at my grandfather's place um and i was doing a bit of homework because we were away for about three months for school like i think i was in year one or kindy or whatever it was and uh, i was doing this maths homework and I couldn't get... It always came down to maths work. Like, he just never, like... Ex, like, when he was explaining things, he... Like, 
I didn't when I didn't get it, he'd get quite frustrated. So when I asked him, Oh, can you please explain in another way, which he has told me, say, if I don't understand something, please ask and try and explain another way. But when I do that, he'd get quite frustrated. And I remember this time in Greece he, he got frustrated and uh I was sitting on a chair, he pulled the pulled the top of the chair back and I fell backwards onto the ground. Remember that very vividly and even continued when even even um, half an hour after that we we're about to go out for dinner and I was tying my shoe and I couldn't tie it and he, he hit me because I couldn't tie my own fucking shoe so like just things like that um, breaking me down because I couldn't do certain things and I, like now as an adult I can understand where he has come from his childhood and this is where you know I've come out the other side and you know can understand I mean understand I guess his frustration or where he kind of was brought up and how he's brought up and how he deals with things and stuff like that um, but there was many times that he would just kind of talk down to me or I remember even a time where he even crushed my dreams where well not crushed crush my dreams but would disencourage me on to do things in the sense of that I uh, I was a musician later in life um, he's played in a band but when I was about 10 I wanted to do the talent show at school these are the key little times that I remember these negative things and just stamped in my head and and um, sorry um, mm, that protein bar is fantastic <laughs> uh, I remember this time we're at a dinner table and I said, look, I, I want to uh, play, I want to learn a song on guitar and and um, and uh, play at the talent show. And he, he just said, don't do that. You'll make a fool of yourself. You're stupid. Like, so there was things like that and oh, many other things as well, especially when it came to homework. There was like physical violence there. Like I remember when he couldn't even like when I couldn't understand something because I was so scared that he was going to hit me anyway so I'd ask a different way he'd put me against the wall and say you're a you're a dumb piece of shit and all this kind of stuff and I was I was like 11 or 12 at this time so um and then throughout the years um just it kind of felt like I had to live to his expectation of doing things and doing well at school just for him and I actually quite enjoyed school for myself but because my expectation was I had to do well for him, I actually didn't do as well as I needed to because I was so scared that like I wouldn't pay attention to my tests. Uh, so because I was so scared that like even if I got a shit mark, he'd, he'd be shitty at me, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of that shit that went down. And yeah, so later in, later in life, as I started getting a bit older, I was about 17, I had my P's, uh, my yeah, my peas, and um, I ended up moving to my grandmother's one day. I just didn't come home because he, I something to do with work, and he called me, and I was like, "Look, I'm I, I'm calling sick to work." Blah blah blah. It was like a three hour shift at Coles. It's all I was getting a week, and uh, <clears throat> he went off and said I was a uh, like just abusive and all that kind of shit. Like he was going, he's being abusive, and I went to my grandmother's, and he just. Yeah, he blew up, and but from there I ended up living at my grandmother's, and we didn't talk for a while, and then I we tried to make amends again, and he just was just so 
stubborn and so yeah just aggressive and just just yeah yeah was there any particular was there a particular moment that you remember that just sort of uh, sort of recollects in your mind of like that you realized that he was this abusive person mm. was there a moment that you remember that where something happened you're like wow this is how you are all the time yeah well through i guess from the ages of 18 to say now I haven't spoke to my father in nearly a year. So it would be a year coming up. And I kind of knew about a few years ago, like, yo, he's quite an aggressive person. And I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, those mental health issues that came along with that. And and, uh, I actually, like, got to the bottom of that after working really hard to find where that source of those that anxiety and depression came from and I, I had a sudden realization that like it was to do with my father there was no excuse for I guess look there's punishment and there's there's discipline but then there's also there's there's more than that you know there's there's the he crossed the line quite a lot and a lot of people might if they listen to this be like oh you didn't have that it was a it was pretty bad like I was scared to go back to my dad's Every, every time I went to my mum's, I was so scared to go back to my dad's. I was in, living in fear all the time. I saw him yell at his, um, his ex-partner all the time. It was just, he was such a very dominating person in the house and very, uh, very aggressive and very intimidating human. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of, there, there was some love involved in there. Like, I do believe that he, he, he loved me. Um, understand that and he gave me the opportunity to travel the world which is fantastic but I never had a relationship with my with my father where he would kick the ball with me in the backyard which look at the end of the day it is what it is whatever but it, it would be nice like I was listening to a podcast the other day about it and it's, it's like kids need affection kids need to be known that they loved um without of course smothering them but at the same time they need to be shown love to then be able to accept love in life and also accept love within themselves Mm. Um, and I I understand that now as I've done the work for myself um, I was very lucky one thing here as well look I was very lucky to have my grand uh, my my poppy can I call him Um, he was he wasn't my blood grandfather but he was my grandfather because my real grandfather was in Greece uh, and my grandmother. So for the majority of my time, my my poppy can and my grandmother were my parents, my my mum and dad. Not to take any way, anything away from my mother, my mum's the my best friend. You know what I mean. Um, so, but if I didn't have them two to show me love and show me who I really am, especially my pop, uh, he was such a massive influence in my life. Taught me a lot about respect and other people and stuff. And I, I believe that I am who I am because of that man today, um, and a lot of it, a lot of him uh, lives in me. So, um, yeah. So where was I getting at? Where was I? Uh, searching for I guess that defining moment where you realised yeah. that it was it was actually abuse and not just I guess yeah. punishment. Yeah. So it was it was. I guess like he didn't directly abuse me in the sense that he got satisfaction out of like abusing me. I think it was just because he was frustrated and he didn't understand. Um, 
he didn't understand uh, how to deal with his frustrations and he took it out on me which then like now I understand and believe that most of his frustrations and how he deals with his emotions and stuff like that came from how he was brought up um, and I made a lot of peace with that and that helped me move forward as well quite a lot but at the same time he always kind of just said this is who I am blah blah just deal with it no room to no open mind to kind of do, grow and develop and as a human being and even now he's quite he's quite shut off and negative and yeah I just it's such a toxic person that I, I never ever want to be around that ever again and not even expose my my daughter to it or my family to it um and it would have to take a massive effort from him to be able to just acknowledge how toxic he he really is and i understand he's he's hurting a lot with a lot of stuff that's been happening in his life but it's a result of how he acts like of as of recent like things that have happened it's a result of how he acts but he needs to not acknowledge that those those things happen because of how he is how how he acts does he suffer at all do you know with any mental illness mental issues at all that you're aware of no and i don't believe that he would uh acknowledge uh, like he wouldn't identify that either i believe I, I remember having a conversation with my father and i was like oh, what did i say we're talking at like we're at his house and I said oh do you ever do you ever dealt with you know mental health it's, he's and it kind of just felt like he kind of like oh mental health blah, blah, blah. Just, I was upset I'm upset if I'm this or that whatever but I remember he he was telling me a story when he was just like he'd be driving in the car home or something like that and the next minute he's like all happy listening to music and the next minute he's, he's upset and frustrated and he's like I just didn't I don't understand that he didn't kind of dive into that he didn't encourage he wasn't encouraging himself to i guess seek what where that's coming from because i don't like there's got to be a reason why that happens so we're not just floating through life and it just all of a sudden i'm fucking frustrated and it's like oh that's that's fine i'm frustrated it is what it is there's got to be a reason why like even if it's a deep embedded cycle of your body um, from how your mind and body react to certain things. There might be a certain song that comes on that triggers a certain emotion in your body that then triggers your mind to be frustrated. And um, it's, it's kind of like our, we're like a record that just keeps playing back over and over again. And uh, um, I guess he just didn't really seek and look into that. So there was, of course, the defining moment when I realized that he was such a negative and like toxic person and and aggressive and all that and dominating and um, and uh, intimidating was when I realized that all my emotion, all my anxiety, not all of it, but majority of it came from and stems from him uh, about my expectation. And there's a big thing that I had to deal with was. I, because I believe I'm quite a strong person when it comes to um, mental fortitude or when it comes to an emotional situation. I'm like happy to be there. When I even watched the most influential person in my like life pass away, I was 
I was upset, but I was also mentally strong and believed believe that it's it's more than okay. Everything's gonna be perfect um, when he passes. And uh, one thing that I believed was that I because I saw my father as a strong human being when I was a kid. Right, I was like, oh, he's a strong man. Like he works really hard and he's quite like assertive and stuff like that. Um, I and later in life I became scared that if I showed my true self of being strong as an individual when it comes to mental situations or work really hard that other people would find that intimidating so then I'd get self-conscious and then I would not actually act that way so I would shut away I would not work hard I wouldn't believe in myself I would not be as responsive as that I would say as I am now in the past couple of years so what I was believing is that my, because my father was strong I was scared that I was going to be intimidating to other people because I idolized that but in turns is that I was actually scared because my father was just intimidating it had nothing to do with him being strong he's far from it um, he puts up these walls and barriers that I believe that you know he thinks can be strong but it's it's not it's the complete opposite it pushes people away it keeps people like no one wants to be around that so yeah do you ever feel that you needed his acceptance at any point during mm. your life yeah big time big time um not of recent of course uh as i've come through the other side um but majority of my life i have um when i even when it comes down to schooling my expect expectations to get a I guess it wasn't a high mark but it was I had to do a certain point in my education uh, I had to work a certain way I had to, all this kind of stuff and uh, even just to make him proud I think I didn't hear too much when he was like when he said look I'm proud of you um, and I guess now I don't really give a fuck, like I don't care and uh, as we were kind of briefly talking just before this podcast about a little bit about it was is that right now in my life I have learned to not give, like to not expect anyone, from, even from my dad, that I don't, I don't expect anyone to say I'm proud of you or anything like that, I don't have any expectation, I'm living uh, like in the way that I'm going to make myself proud I mean, a little bit with my wife, but, you know, I'm with her every day. Um, and I kind of seek, expect not expectation, but I, I seek kind of acceptance, of course, because we're both living this life together. And if I'm not lining up with her, it's going to be a little bit tricky. And But it's situations like, uh, and all that. So there was a lot, lot to do with uh, when I was more of a teenager, how I acted, how I was. And um, I kind of just always seeked, even when I got in out of school and got after, say, um, my work or anything like that, and I was kind of doing things. I even early when I was into my barber stuff, and I was actually found my my passion. I still seeked kind of. I would say to him like, "Hey, I've been doing this, like you know," and he'd be like, "Yeah, cool." wasn't really like yeah that's sick man good on you like or there was no kind of encouragement in the sense of you know do you need help with anything like there or um what like he didn't never really kind of furthered that it was just more like yeah 
I like even even I think I remember when I first made my like one day um, I made uh, when I was cutting out of my grandmother's garage I remember I said oh I'm really excited I made $300 today like and that was good $300 a day is not bad um, and and I, I was like oh really excited and I was like I actually made that myself and uh, he, he can't like when I said this to him he didn't say oh good on you mate like whatever he'd say oh I wouldn't even get out of bed for this amount a day anyway or something like that and I guess in a way now it's motivating if I hear something like that because it's like yeah fuck like whatever but I kind of use it as healthy competition but from a father figure or someone that you know you're meant to be looking up to or something like that it says says that it's kind of puts you down you know puts you down and it puts you in a place where you go oh okay so I'm not really doing that well fuck it I'll give up or you know and I battle with that a lot um but I mean now once I don't give a fuck I'm making more money than I ever thought so yeah. it's all good <laughs> so it seems that you, you were able to essentially take the the need for I guess as, as, as everyone does for acceptance within your tribe or within your family the person you probably looked up to most was, was that father figure and you've been able to change that and go well I I still need that acceptance but I'm going to get it from myself how have you cultivated that how have you created that in your own life I think a lot of people out there who are still struggling with that need for acceptance from other people but you've been able to, ch to change that and get it from yourself how have you been able to cultivate that in your life it all started, um, I guess, when I, where did it really start? So it kind of started when I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and all that. And I came, I was in a relationship before my marriage now, and I was, I was abusive, um, verbal, quite verbal abusive. and Yeah, a little bit physical in the sense of pushing and shoving and stuff like that. And, uh... Once I got away from that, I was still emotionally damaged. I still haven't seeked my, seeked in like read the book inside and kind of seeked what where I was, how I am as a person, and really know what I'm about. And then once I got with Hannah, again, long story short, we kind of dated when I was eighteen for a couple of months, and we've known each other since I was ten. Um, once we got back together, uh, we I acknowledged that I had something really good. And I had a lot of this emotional baggage from the previous relationship, plus other things in my life, which I I was just I didn't want I didn't want to I didn't want to lose Hannah I didn't want to lose the situation that I was having in this this um, I guess this present in life as Hannah is uh, I didn't want to lose that and I I dealt with a lot of demons early in the relationship, um, but she stuck by me. And then that's when I seeked, seeked help. Um, this didn't start, like this wasn't the turning point when I like encouraged myself to um, shift my expectation from other people to like then expecting, like on, to make myself proud. Uh, from, like expecting people to be proud of me and then shifting that. Uh, it was more that I started, I seeked help from someone, her name is Beth. And uh, I went to a couple of therapists here and there and none of them really worked. And that's one thing I would encourage everyone to do is 
if you're wanting to go to a therapist or wanting to go to a counselor or anything like that, I really encourage you to, of course, don't just stick to one because one person might have a perspective like on, on, on a bit of column A and the other person might have perspective on column B and you might resonate with more B than the A. So it, I went from here and there and once I found Beth, I resonated her, with her really well. Really, really well. And I believe she helped me quite a lot to... It was, a, it was just a safe place. I've always been a very verbal person and talked in my feelings. But I found a place where I was, uh, it was easy for me to resonate um, with the person that I'm talking to, which I think because in life in general, you can get people that you resonate with anyway, and you get people that you don't resonate with, and that goes with a therapist as well. It doesn't matter how many fucking degrees and how many this or that. If you don't resonate with a person, you're not going to be able to get to your full potential of digging that shit out. So when I found Beth... We, we dive deep into some crazy shit. Once we dug through all that emotional baggage and damage through what I was dealing with at the start of the relationship with Hannah, I kind of... It kind of... Um, let's just use an analogy. It's like, it's like having a cup of water and at the bottom there's a lot of sediment and dirt and mud. And once you pour that, all that top water out all that mud's going to start sliding out and you can and and all that shit at the bottom is the stuff that really matters all that water at the top you can kind of just throw it out and you know so all that once we got to the bottom of i got through my how to deal with my anxiety and all that kind of stuff we actually started seeing where it stemmed from where it all came from um and I kept encouraging, I was like, this, where is this fucking coming from? Because I started, I created a story in my head with around anxiety and that's where my anxiety kept going around. And I'm sure people can understand when you create a story in your head and you believe it's to become true or whether it's going to be like, you know, oh, um, this thing's going to happen and it's never going to happen. You know what I mean? You, you believe like, oh, if I go do this, this is what's going to happen. And you just freak out and shit. Um, and you just tell yourself a story. Uh, and there's more to go into that and I, I if you are dealing with any kind of uh, anxiety I go I'd recommend if you want a quick quick kind of I wouldn't say fix but an understanding just go to Dr. Joe Dispenza I don't know if you've ever heard of him uh, before yeah, yeah. fantastic he explains anxiety and anxiety depression anything like that in such a clean uh, scientific and also metaphorically sound way I guess like very like spiritual and also scientific way so there's reasons for it like actual written reasons and also the other reasons of spiritual like you know with the all that kind of stuff but so I uh we encouraged to dig deep and uh I was on the phone with my mum one day and I realized I was we we're talking about my father and this is when I was still talking to my dad and I just had a pin drop moment where it was like this all stems from my father. It just, I, it was just an understanding of my anxieties and because my anxiety was around expectation. If I do one thing, I'm going to get in trouble for this and it's all going to be taken away from me. So that was a lot of shit when it came to back when I was a kid. If I do this thing, I'm going to get in trouble and then something's going to happen. Like a punishment's going to happen. Like, a, like I'm going to be hit or verbally abused. So a lot of that stemmed back to that. 
so we like keeping it long story short uh, we we dug through that worked through a lot of um, worked through a lot of that how to cope with it how when those thoughts come up all that kind of shit and uh, and then I also this is over a three year period about two and a half three year period um, and I encouraged myself, I actually spoke to my dad and kind of talked to him about my, my upbringing and stuff like that and how, I, you know, it was really shit that he hit me and and all that kind of stuff. And, and when I say he hit me, he didn't smack me in the bum, as I was saying before. He put me against the wall by my, my shirt and my push me against the wall, like cupboards. And I remember even another time when I was, when we were trying to fix the security system in, our ha- in, his, in their house, I, I was pressing these buttons and it wasn't, turning off because he was testing it and he came in and kicked me and I pissed myself like kicked me on the ass like not soft hard you know it, it was it was things like that like even when I was six throwing me in, like that's not punishment that's not like a smack on the bum and you know what are you doing he'd, he'd hit my hand like I'd have my hands on the table and stuff and I'd be shaking and he'd hit my hands really hard and be like you're what happens if you get hit in the school, like schoolyard, and you're not gonna get, you're just gonna cry, like you know, all this kind of shit. So, just an understanding. It's not just a smack on the bum. It was a really physical violence. Um, so, I encourage, I, 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 I try to speak to him, make understanding of it, and it helped me, but it really didn't help this, our relationship. He still didn't. He acknowledged it, he apologised, but it wasn't really a sincere apology in the sense that he just, he was still hiding that kind of, I'm the dad, I've got to, you know, there was no, by this stage I was about 20, 22? Yeah, 22. And, um, yeah, so that happened and then, um, just kind of kept, I, I tried to be there with my dad as much as I could. Um, he, he ended up having a brain aneurysm. So a lot of shit happened um, to him. So he became more hateful. Um, so he had a brain aneurysm. He lost his job and his wife of... He, uh, that was even the my... So his, his wife, uh, but they were together for even when I was six, um, left uh, with my brother and sister. Um, it was a shit situation looking at it now like in the time it was like as I said with emotional I was fine oh, I was it was sad I went down I remember when I got the call I, my grandmother came to the house and was like your dad's in hospital so he raced down and he was part he was out for a couple of days and, and uh, I was like okay like you know really got to make amends with dad like you know is what it is and uh, I was there for so much like for a year and a half, two years after it, and and still tried to have that positive. He 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 made a recovery and all that. One thing I started realizing is his attitude did not change. It got worse. Didn't he? Didn't go fuck. Like he didn't he didn't own his shit. He was like fuck. Like you know, uh, he was a like heavy smoker. He didn't really have the healthiest lifestyle. He worked like. A million hours, which you know, I admire hard work, um, but he just, yeah, and uh, it is sad that he had the the aneurysm and all that, but it still should have been a wake up call. It still should have been like, fuck, got to look at my life, and you know, and then even when it came down, his wife leaving and stuff, it wasn't just because 
he believes, oh, it's because she didn't want to look after me or anything like that. It was just because his fucking attitude was shit. He, the whole time. That even, not just in his brain aneurysm, but before. Um, anyway, so... Even now, even to this day, even to this day, he's still so negative. Um, and as I said, I haven't spoken to him about a, in, in about a year... Because a certain situation happened, that's when I snapped and I was over it. I was done. Um, but even to this day, my his ex-wife or my say stepmom, because I've got brother and sister, uh, whatever. Um, she's moved on. Partner, really happy, happiest I've ever seen her in my whole life. It's crazy. I was like, I even said to her the other, uh, when I saw her the other day. I said, "This is the happiest time I've ever seen you." And then. Um, but he's not. He's just so negative. So he's just deteriorating. He's just not looking. He's not taking any responsibility. He's not even just moving the fuck on. You know? Okay, what? Yeah, he's just left. Whatever. Just no matter what in life, just try and make the best fucking situation out of it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So I kind of started realizing that he was just a shit dude. And I kept growing as a person. And it just, over time, it just shifted. And I kept, I was still working this person and worked through a lot of shit and uh, made peace with my story that I had in my head over and over again. Uh, haven't had an anxiety attack for fucking ages, like so long. I've been just pushing through, which is fantastic. Um, uh, the best, like, so I'll finish it off with. So what happened when I, I didn't I stopped talking to my dad and I, I, I now believe that because I've always had the philosophy of like you know if you've got shit friends in life like the fuck why, why bother hanging around with them because you know they're not going to be a great influence in your life and if you want to go somewhere in life you've got to surround yourself with guests like like-minded people positive people people that are supporting encouraging you know even if it's just like a message here or there or like helps you like once a once in a blue moon but like will always be there like for instance you like Abby here fuck like I call you on anything and the same like you call me on anything you know what I mean I'll, I'll be there and that's the kind of people that you gotta surround yourself with so on my philosophy there because everyone's believed that oh it's my parents it is what it is I have to deal with it no fuck that shit if you want to pursue in life get ahead and you've got a negative parent fuck them out of your life like say fuck you and move on because it's not their life it's your life and yeah they were there and brought you up but fuck like they probably didn't do it right you know what I mean or they, they didn't do it in a the best way so you know they have no control over you you can fucking do whatever you want um so when I realised that I was like I'm so fucking over this is especially when I had when Hannah was pregnant and I made her like I was realising oh man I'm gonna have a kid how how am I, like which way am I gonna take this parenting and uh, we, the situation was, um, so one day uh, we went down to the water park at Gosford in January last year, 2019, and I was with my brother and sister and my dad came down as well and I was just hanging out with them in the, in the water and um, everything was all right, like dad was however. And... Uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to grandma's. I'm just going to help her with, with something. And he's like, oh, I'll probably end up seeing you then. I was like, yeah, sweet, whatever. Went there. 
was helping out with uh, just connecting a computer and stuff like that. And he came around. And another thing about my father, he, he believes that he, he knows exactly everything about everything. Um, never, if you tell him one thing that's, you know, uh, against him and, and you're, you're right, he'll, he'll be so um, stubborn and persisted that he's right no matter what. And then you'll show him the facts. You show him, you'll be like, oh, okay. Not apologize, not nothing. Just be like, yeah, but that's, oh, no, nah, no, nah, that's not true. Like, yeah, here's the facts, here's the truth. Anyway, uh, my grandmother and him were speaking about real estate, real estate agent or something like that. My brother and sister were there. And the way he speaks to my grandmother, especially my grandmother being such an, another influence in my life, massive influence, is he's quite disrespectful. Very, talks down to her, calls her senile, like, um, you know, just quite, quite disrespectful. And especially because my pop recently passing about two years ago, um, he taught me a lot about respect and I have to, I have to protect grandma when it comes to that shit, you know? So I, I he was, my grandmother was speaking about, oh, the real estate came, real estate agent came around and said, that, oh, the house is worth X amount of dollars. And he turns around and says, oh, that's not fucking true. Like blah, 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 going off. And, and she's just like, yeah, yeah. And like it's true. he was explaining the house literally down the road sold for this amount and all that. And he's like, oh, what are they just trying to scam me? Or get get to the old ladies and just get their money and stuff. And I turn around and said, oh, he's an actually a nice guy. He's like, oh yeah, fucking that's not true. Like you know, I know real estate agents, known them all my all my life and all this kind of shit. And that's when I was, that's when I turned around. And I said, mate, hey, you don't fucking know everything. You don't know everything. And stop treating grandma with such disrespect. He didn't like that. He didn't like that at all because someone was standing up to him. And the difference is I wasn't a little kid anymore. Um, and I had no problem with standing the fuck up to him. So, especially because my little brother and sister were there and the way he was speaking, I said, Can, like, anyway, he was he was like, don't you fucking speak to me like that. Like, don't you, don't you, I guess, don't, don't you speak to me like that, but like, don't you talk talk to me like talk back to me like that or whatever like kind of asserting his like dominance kind of I'm the father like you know I know what's best and then I got up in his face and I pointed at him and I said how do you fucking like it when I fucking point at you because he points quite a lot and he got up and um I said what are you gonna do he was right in my face he's like I'll fucking hit you threaten me with fists and I was the calmest I just let go of everything I said please hit me because I'll have no hesitation of calling the police um, you've you've frightened the ten year old brother and sister that are just that you, like what are you doing right now? All because you couldn't be stood up to and just taken their responsibility. So my grandmother got in the way and he threatened her as well. And it took everything in my power, of course, to not retaliate. And I just stood there and just stared at him. I said, "You're disgusting. You're so disrespectful. I want nothing ever to do with you ever again." And um, he got out of he got out of there and was threatened and all that kind of stuff and and uh, got him out there and grandma was like just go just go and I went to the back room just kind of calmed down and my brother and sister came in and my especially my brother was quite upset I gave him a hug and um, and uh, so it's all gonna be okay and then from there I uh, they left and then my grandmother came in and I said to my grandmother look I'm sorry and I know that you want to um, and uh, I know you want me to uh, always be there 
and like you know always try but I just I don't want my father in my life anymore especially because I'm having a child I don't want him to ever ever see her or be around and have that influence on, him, on her life my life or anyone's life and that was a constant decision and, and it wasn't very tough I just kind of just made it and I was like this is and from there I've I have never been better everything in my life my my career is going really well my relationship's going really well everything I've just asserted so much power within myself because I can do that and and I even said to my mum I said I'll do, do it to anyone I'll do it to anyone if anyone's fucking like a poison in my life I don't care if you're my mum grandma like even even to my grandmother like and that's fucked like a lot of people will be like fuck like you know but if my grandmother was a very toxic human being I'd be like I don't want anything to do with you like and it goes to relation it goes with everyone like why would you want cancer in your life you want to get rid of that shit it's going to kill you it really will kill you because you're living to an expectation of someone else they're going to be such a toxic influence in you you're going to just feel like shit and your life is not going to go the way you want it to even if you're like fuck yeah I'm going to try and get that life as much there's always going to be that one person that's in your life that's just poisoning you to grow so yeah I uh, wrote him a letter um, explaining everything happened. A lot of shit happened at my wedding as well where he was just the most negative human being. I even, I even found out quite recently that my one of my mates actually wanted to bite him. Um, was going to knock him the fuck out. and I was, He didn't say anything to me because he didn't want to ruin my wedding. Um, and he still didn't acknowledge that. I wrote the whole letter and uh, he still didn't acknowledge it. He just still thought I was fucking... I was the, uh, the delusional one, though whatever so yeah still haven't spoken to them since but is what it is and I guess I know that just from knowing you the time that we have that your life is definitely way more positive than what you've been describing to me just now and what we spoke about off the podcast you are way more positive your life is going astronomically better and you you have been able to get past that and I think for everybody listening that there is a light at the end of the tunnel there is a way that you can get past your demons and fight those demons and if you are open to seeking help don't be afraid to ask because the longer that you let it uh, as you said that 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 cancer be in your life the worse it's going to get the harder it is going to be to get rid of negativity still negativity toxicity is still toxicity regardless of who it's coming from and that includes yourself if you are have a look at yourself as well if you are this negative person in your own life and things aren't going the way that you want it to in your own life you need to be able to accept that and go, you know what? I'm the cancer. I'm the cancer in my own life. I need to do something about it. And that still can involve going to seek help from other people, that is friends and family, or even going to see a therapist. So do not be afraid of that either. 100. 100, Nick, 100 bro. I know we're, uh, we're very short on time right now, but I just want to thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank you. With us. Um, and I hope, and I know that a lot of people will get a a ton of value out of this and guys if you are struggling with anything that we've just been speaking about please reach out whether it is to one of us if we can help and guide you in any way we'd be more than happy to but do not also be afraid to speak to your spouse speak to your parents speak to the person that is creating that negativity in your life and don't be afraid to open up don't be afraid to tell them that you are feeling this particular way because if you don't you hold on to those inner demons they will consume you for the rest of your life yeah, one thing I will leave with is um, a couple of things is big things in my life that I realized is 
if you have anxiety or if you're dealing with depression or if you're dealing with something with mental health or anything like that, don't just believe that it's, it's, it's all surface level shit. There's always something that stems from somewhere. It, it always does. And as I was saying before, that Dr. Joe Dispenser dude explains it quite well, is that because your mind and your body are, if you look at it in two separate things of an unconscious and a conscious mind, is that your mind and your, like, in your head, um, your conscious mind doesn't really know what reality it is seeing. So in the sense that like it can't determine whether what you're thinking is reality or not. So if I believe that I'm going to get killed today and really believe it, I'm going to get freaked the fuck out because my mind really doesn't understand that, no, that's not going to happen. Like if someone's coming to kill me, like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not going to know if I actually drive out there and get in a car accident and die. But like there's situations like that that I would encourage you to kind of seek it seek because like it's stemming from somewhere and I, I believe majority of it comes from your childhood it comes from your surroundings and upbringings because even now even as a 25 year old a little bit older whoever you are who you surround yourself with and because we are um uh, uh animals of habit nature or uh, habit and uh, all that so if you're surrounding yourself with people that drink a lot you're going to end up drinking uh what is it it's the saying i heard it on uh <clears throat> the podcast um the logan paul one all right um, you are the average of the five people you spend most time with. Yeah, yeah yeah that that is that and also as well as uh if you hang around the barbershop too much is you're gonna you know, get a haircut you're gonna yeah, get yeah, a yeah. haircut it, it's if it, it's so true so true so um, I encourage you to seek those, uh, dig deep, seek that. And also I encourage you to, if you want to go see a therapist or something, don't just try one and be like, oh, I'm fucking over it because they're all fucking different. So, um, if you want to know the details of Beth, please message me or Abby and I'll send those details through. And yeah, I guess that's enough for now. Man, thank you so much again for taking that time today and sharing that story. I'm sure people will be inspired to do something with their life and a much more positive light. So thank you again. Namaste. Namaste.